Hello everyone, I want to welcome you back to See the Sunrise. This is season two and episode 39. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 and 3, the Lord spoke to the prophet while he was in prison, and he said to him, Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing, not only behind the scenes, but in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had various challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our lives. Today, I want to share a message on Advent, the season we celebrate the coming of Christ that leads up to Christmas. If I were, as I thought about it, I thought people take so much effort or there's so much effort put into finding that perfect gift. And when you think about it, is there really such a thing as the perfect gift or are we able to find it? One of the candles that we light during Advent is the candle of love. And when you think about love, I often think about 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Um, most people recite that and the one that they recite the most, uh, verse that recite they recite the most begins with verse 4 in chapter 13 where love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Love never fails. When you think about that, I would say that probably many of us have still have a lot of work to do when it comes to the topic of love. Do you know how many ways that people try to convey love? I know that uh, there's an author by the name of Gary Chapman who wrote a book about the five love languages, and he indicated words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. But that was for Christian marriage that he wrote that. What about everybody else? <laughs> how do you convey love? I was reading an article not too long ago on healthy relations, and it indicated that there were 19 ways to show your significant other that you love them without saying a word. And I found it interesting. They said there were 19, but there was only 18. They skipped one number. I'm not sure if it was meant to be comprehensive or maybe they forgot something. But one of the things they said was be an active list listener. You know, ask the other person how they're doing. It, it talks about don't scroll and talk. Literally give them your attention. Make time for them. Hang out with their friends. Send them random cute messages. Leave a note. Show affection in public. Mm, that, I think that's a bit much sometimes, but that's a personal opinion. Ignore that. Be their loudest supporter. Send their favorite snack. Make their favorite dinner or breakfast in bed. Support them in tough times. Lighten their load. Don't sweat the small stuff. Show appreciation. Celebrate what makes them unique. Be spontaneous or ask for advice. Now, you see from just that, that laundry list, I consider it, how tough it is to really convey love to someone. Love was the plan of God. He always had that from beginning to end. That's what the Bible is about. It's about love. In the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 8a, the uh, Solomon says, there is a time to love. And according to the apostle Paul here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, he's saying that love is greater than even faith and hope. And so love is, is the greatest subject in the Bible. From beginning to end, the Bible's primary objective is love. 
And you may find that hard to believe, especially with some of the stories that we see written, but all of it is about God's love for us and him calling us back to him. Love is, is really a, a very, very powerful tool uh, for Christians. And it's a powerful tool for everybody. Just think of the world right now, how different it would be if everybody showed God kind of love. Love has the power to change your attitude. It has the power to change your marriage. It has the power to change your church. And love has the power to change your future. Have you ever wondered why there's so many love songs? You know, the songs can be fast or slow or have a lot of musical instruments playing, but, and it can be expressed in many different ways. And so there, I couldn't even count how many love songs there are out there. And it's easy to write music about love than it is about anger because anger is a more difficult thing to convey when you really, when you really, really think about it. And that's why people sing about love so often. Now, you can be the greatest preacher or teacher. You could have amazing spiritual gifts, indescribable faith. But if you don't love, it doesn't mean a thing. You're, you're just making noise. And you can say that you love someone. And if you don't exhibit it in your actions, it's really useless. You've heard people believe, you've heard that phrase, people believe more of what you do than what you say, right? You know, haven't you been in churches where people shout all over the place and they get outside and you wonder who was that a few minutes ago shouting and carrying on and you come and, and you come outside and you won't they won't even lend a helping hand to anyone. Some folks are just practicing religion. They are they aren't demonstrating an abiding Christ. Love is demonstrated in action. It's not just one time a year. Love is a tough subject. I mean, real, true, godly love. And that's why you won't find it under a Christmas tree. I don't care how hard you search for it. It is usually whatever you've gotten under that tree that was meant to convey love. That's probably only temporary. And when you think about it, often forgotten in a few days, consider some of the gifts you received last year. You probably don't remember all of them. You may remember the ones that you felt were done, given really um, heartfelt and really searched for, but did did you really do you really remember what they were and did they really convey the love of the the giver gifts may be a love language but it ain't love you want to know why you can't find that unique christmas gift it's because it's not found in retail it's not found in mere words the kind of love you're searching for is a kind that can't be bought because the price has already been paid it was a one of kind one of a kind love and it can't be found anywhere except in the word of God through Jesus Christ. You know why Paul took the time to explain love? I think because, the, the, well, first of all, the people at Corinth had it all wrong. He had to tell them what it wasn't before he could tell them what it was. And all the showy gifts that they were doing and all of the things that they were conveying to the church that weren't, wasn't love, Paul had to set them straight. <laughs> it's, it sounds, sounds kind of uh, weird to say, um, that someone had to be set straight when you're talking about the Bible, but that's really when you come get to the bottom line, that's really exactly what he was doing. Now, here's some good news. And some of the, hopefully all of the, what I've said before is good news, but here's some even better news. And that is that it's great news as I see it. God's lo God loves us. Yes, he does. In 1 John 4 and 10, he says, and this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That big word, propitiation, means pay for our sins. It's, that's great news to know that God loves us. 
And the Bible is God's love letter to all of us. In, Ro in Romans 5, chapter, chapter 5 and verse 80 says, God loved us while we were sinners, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. God loved us when we didn't love him. God loves us when we don't even love ourselves. We look back at some of our lives and some of the things we've done, and we try to put God in a box as if he can't forgive us from past indiscretions, but God's love for us so covers a multitude of sins. There's nothing you can do that has been so wrong that he won't forgive you. Murderers, liars, it doesn't matter. God loves everybody, and God's love sent Christ to the cross. And that's who we celebrate on Christmas. That little manger, that baby we see all wrapped up in swaddling clothes and the three wise men bringing gifts of Frank, uh, Frank, myrrh and um, frankincense and myrrh. I mean, that yes, that baby was there, but that baby came to die. And when you think about it that way, it was gold, frankincense and myrrh. Forgive me for fumbling there. <laughs> but they brought those gifts. But those gifts, that, that wasn't going to be the, ever, the thing that was going to be everlasting. What was going to be everlasting was Christ. Because even in his death, he, was, he came back and, and he's here for us. We will never, ever be separated from God's love. People can't understand God's love because of the love they've experienced or not experienced in their personal lives. It's a shame that we compare the love that we've experienced by mankind or humankind um, to, to God because it, there is no comparison. You can't even juxtapose them or put them to, uh, side by side to see how they fit because they don't. God loves us in spite of ourselves. And so then you, we ask the question, what is love? Jesus is love. That, that's the best way to explain what, explain what love really is. I found love, I, it, was, it was the difficulty in my life that I found God's love. I could say it's indescribable yet tangible. Sometimes it's when you reach your lowest point that you find him. It's at that point where you just don't know how you're gonna make it or you feel like all hope is gone or you see no reason to live and all of a sudden it's it's like, I searched for him, let's say it's, it's kind of like Jeremiah, when, he's, when God spoke to me and said, if you seek me, you will find me and I will show you great and, and unsearchable things you don't know. It really was like that because it was a point where I threw my hands up and said, God, I don't know what else to do. And I found that stuff wouldn't satisfy. You know, you'll find that there are many things that people do to fill the void in their lives when all you really need is Christ. Stuff won't satisfy you. Alcohol won't satisfy you. Drugs won't satisfy you. Relationships won't. Success won't. God's love, God's agape kind of love, fulfills every Christmas wish, wish that you could ever have. God loves, God's love should be living in our heart. And when we think about that, because remember he says, there, therein abides these three. He talks about faith, hope, and love. But he says, the greatest of these is love. And so what is, what is he saying? According to Romans 5, he says, Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. The hope that what they're saying is the hope and that trials and tribulation builds in us is a hope that won't be disappointed. And so that kind of love, when you're going through hard times and you know it's going to be all right, 
That's the kind of love that God has because even though you go through it, because God says we're going to go through trials. He says we're going to have tribulations, but he says I've overcome the world. And so that tells me I can hope. I can hope in because of God's love in my heart, knowing that he's got me and that I, I won't have to be disappointed. I won't be disillusioned. I, I don't have to worry because it, it, God's love is in me and it's been poured into me and I can hope even in difficulty. God's love for us, should, it should flow through us to others. People ought to feel godly love or God kind of love by the way we interact with them. Jesus loved people who were difficult to love. His enemies criticized him for, for loving sinners. They felt that, um, you know, you're only supposed to love people that were lovable. And if that were the case, if that were the case for us, there may not be many people for us to love. Paul says here, how, how do we recognize in, in this first 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians? He says, how do you recognize the love of Christ? He gives those examples. Love is patient. And that's the first thing that people say, I'm not praying for patience because it's, it's too much. Well then you don't have godly kind of love. Because he says love is patient and kind. Love is neither touchy nor angry. Love is never selfish. Love is quick to forgive and love doesn't hold grudges. Love looks for the best in others. Sounds like we still have a lot of work to do. When you think about God's love, that's how people are called to Christ. That's how you get that harvest. We are supposed to love lost people. And Jesus calls us to love a lost world. And we live in a lost world. That's why when he told us to go ye therefore and make disciples, why? Because he told us to go ye and make disciples. We are his witnesses. And as his witnesses, then people are, we pray, drawn to Christ as a result of what we are doing to, to proclaim the, the love of God. All going and witnessing is ineffective without love. Preaching without love, that's just noise. Witnessing without love, that's just worthless. Who wants to listen to someone that's saying, oh, go come to Jesus. He loves you. And then you're treating them as if you don't know them and you won't even give them the time of day. You are his witnesses. And if we are his witnesses, then witnessing without love is worthless. You want to be loving and you want to be kind and you want to be giving. Giving without love is a bad investment because you will get nothing in return. Reaching out in love brings results. And that's what we look for. We want results. We want to know that what we proclaim, this gospel, this truth that we've heard, that it is true and that it's true for, for all and that God cares about everyone. God is a, is a God of diversity. He doesn't, you know, with all of the different uh, hmm, challenges we have in the world and how people classify people based on what they are or who they are who they are with or what they espouse. God tells us, judge not lest ye be judged. We're not to judge. We're called to love. Let God do the judging. If they go against what you consider your principles, then that's fine. Take that to the Lord. But in the meantime, continue to convey God's love. Who's to say that your conveyance, your demonstration, your acts of love would not cause the individual who you may disagree with to reconsider some of the things that they may do or are considering doing and turn to him. That's why love is powerful. That's why love, reaching out in love brings results. It, love reaches more people than logic. 
you can be as logical as you want, but when you love someone, love can be read in so many ways. You don't even have to speak the same language and convey love. Love is as simple as holding a door for someone or as simple as helping them out with um, a child that, you know, maybe they, they, the child is unruly and they just need some assistance or I'll never forget. My husband once was on a plane and the lady was having such a difficult time with her child. And my husband is a lover of children. It doesn't matter the age. He just loves kids. And so the baby kept crying and the baby reached for him. So he took the baby, didn't know her. She didn't know him. And the baby calmed down. And my husband played with the baby on the plane, the rest of the ride home, uh, on the rest of the, the flight, I should say. And then when they got off, <laughs> this is funny. The lady asked him, are you going on the next flight to wherever they were on their way? Because the baby was just so enamored with him. Children know sincere love and children know um, people that really, really care about them. And although my husband didn't know this baby, he knew his spirit. And that's the kind of spirit that's supposed to live in us, a godly spirit, a, a spirit that doesn't care about being imposed upon. You know, usually my husband gets on a plane, he goes to sleep, but he saw the baby and the baby started smiling and he started smiling. Love reaches more people than logic. It would be illogical for us to go and take a stranger's baby and hold them for an hour, an hour and a half on a flight when you don't know them, especially a man. But then that this woman was comfortable because the baby was so uncomfortable that the baby could sit on his lap and literally um, play with him and just be calm. It defies logic. Love reaches more people than tact. You know, we can, we can be tactful, but that doesn't mean you're being loving. Sometimes tactfulness hurts because it's the way you say things. Not, and and our, our language sometimes can be a bit curt or we just have to be careful how we say things to people. Love reaches more people than training. You know, you, you say you can train people how to love and teach them all of this, but teaching is one thing, but you want practical. What do they call it? Practicum, I think, in college. I should know. Um, practice. When you have practice, then it's it's natural because you've done it so many times. It's like learning to drive. You get in your car that first time and it's scary. Uh, but once you do it and then you do it again and you do it again, it becomes more and more comfortable. And so you find that um, it's it love. Uh, it, 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 it reaches more people than training because you're doing it over and over and over the practice of love. Love reaches more people than good arguments. We must love people as they are. People will not change because you think they should change. People tend to change when the rewards for change exceed the pain of change. People don't want to change. Think of being an, an employer and they want you to do something differently that you've been doing the same way for 10 and 20 years. Now all of a sudden they flip the script on you and said, no, I want you to do it this way. And you get a lot of disgruntled people that way. Um, people tend to change when the rewards for change exceed the pain of change. And God is great. God has great rewards. When you have truly turned your life over to Christ, you'll want to change because he's the one, despite everything you've done against his will, that will still love you. He's the one who will keep pursuing you. He's the one who won't give up on you. He won't leave you. He's the one who won't forsake you. And he's the one who will stand by you when others leave you. He is the one who will hold you when life gets tough. He's the one who understands your longings and your pain. He's also the one who um, 
uh, uh, that died for us. <laughs> that's really one of the most important things because that's why he came. He's the one who said you were worth it. He's the one who can restore you and, and deliver you from whatever it is you're suffering from. He was that one that's lying in the manger that we celebrate this holiday season. He's the one who heals our diseases. And he's the one who delivers us time and time and time again. He's the one who promises us everlasting life. That's Jesus's love. That's agape kind of love, the all-encompassing love. Jesus's love is transformative. And it's, a, it's that transformative love that can shape you into what he desires and what you ought to be. So when you look at that candle of Advent, that one that represents love, what are your thoughts? Do you see Christ? How will you convey his love now and forever? And there's no time like now. When you don't feel loved, just look at the cross. The cross proves God's love for us. This Christmas, make it about Jesus, not about what's under the tree. Because the love you're looking for, it ain't under that tree. It's found in our hearts. It's found in his word. And in our hearts lives his spirit. And that's the spirit that we celebrate this Christmas. May we never forget the most precious gift that anyone could ever receive. Don't keep it for yourself. Share it with others. Until next time, brothers and sisters, God bless you. And be sure to see the sunrise, to see Christ in your everyday situations.